The Merchant Risk Council is a global merchant-led trade association that's working with the payments industry and leaders to address electronic commerce and emerging payments risks from a global perspective. So what are some of the council's primary initiatives for 2013, and how will the council work to help standardize security measures and technologies within the global payments infrastructure? Hi, I'm Tracy Kitten with Information Security Media Group, and I'm here today with Nicholas Fedrin, Managing Director of European Operations for the Merchant Risk Council, who shares thoughts about overall payment security and the role the Merchant Risk Council aims to play in enhancing that security. Nicholas, before we get started, would you mind to give us a little background about the Council, such as when it was founded, and then tell us about the role that you play on the Council as well as the Board? Yes, good morning, Tracy. Well, actually, I come from a banking sector. Uh, I used to work uh, for Experian, where I was managing director in Spain and Latin America, and I was looking for uh, an interesting challenge in the retail industry, and the Merchant Risk Council uh, really matched my expectation because, uh, as you know, the, the retailer sector is a very diverse sector, and I must say that when it comes to risk, fraud, payment, it's quite diverse. And then what about the council itself, Nicholas? How long has it been around? Well, it's been around for 12 years. It all started in Seattle uh, in 2000 when, you know, Microsoft, Amazon, Expedia were starting their e-commerce operation, and they thought they, they were needing an association in order to, to tackle uh, the payment and fraud issues. And this is how it all, it all started. So, in fact, it focuses exclusively on e-commerce. It's a global organization. We focus also exclusively on payment and fraud. It's a merchant association and a non-profit. How are you working with merchants internationally to enhance security? Well, we focus mainly on four programs. First, we want competitors to speak to each other because we think that uh, payment and fraud is not a competitive issue. So, you know, we would like uh, an Adidas and a Nike to exchange on a regular basis uh, information on that sector. And this is what we call our networking program. The second pillar of our activity is education. We want to uh, delivering a cutting edge uh, education when it comes to fraud prevention and payment diversity. We also publish some benchmarking data. We are a trusted party of the industry. Uh, Sometimes when it comes to security, what you read in the press is not necessarily the truth. So we gather those data anonymously from our members and publish them uh, widely. And finally, we do a little bit of advocacy. So we are not involved in any lobbying, but we bring together all the stakeholders of the industry. Now, I wanted to ask you a little bit, Nicholas, about some of the recent fraud schemes that we've seen affecting merchants. Over the course of the last several months, we've seen a lot of POS and network security concerns that pose risks to cardholder data. A lot of this, of course, has been in the United States. But what would you say are the greatest concerns the council now faces where merchant payment security is concerned? The first thing is that there was a massive shift last year when it comes to security because Although it is true that the main challenges were observed in the U.S. at first, we observe that it is moving to Europe. Reason being that you guys in the U.S. persecute fraudsters and hackers much better than the European law enforcement authority. So uh, if you're a fraudster or a hacker, you would prefer to develop your activity in Europe now because you know that you won't have the FBI or the U.S. Secret Service on your neck. So uh, the first observation we have is is this shift from U.S. to Europe. And also, as you know, with the implementation of the EMV, as it happened in the U.K., it's more difficult to commit fraud on the POS side. So people will move their specialty from committing fraud, you know, with skimming of cards or this kind of activity 
to online fraud. What's a concern now is that we've observed that, you know, even, I mean, the Pentagon was hacked. So it's very difficult for any company on this world to resist to any attack. And we know that uh, there are some bad guys out there looking for volume when it comes to payment data. This is the major trend. So shifting from a friendly fraud kind of activity to organized fraud, we know that 80% of the fraud committed in the market is actually coming from mafias, from organized fraud rings, and this is a major concern right now. That's a very interesting point because I think oftentimes the perception is because of the movement to EMV, and of course what we're talking about here is card not present fraud. It sounds like what you're saying, you're seeing upticks in, in, in parts of Europe, but because of the move to EMV, um, we talk a lot about fraud migrating to the U.S. So I'm wondering from you know this kind of high-level perspective as we're seeing different types of fraud migrating from the U.S. to Europe and vice versa, how is the council working with different entities that touch the payment space? We need to bring uh, together all the stakeholders in, of the industry so that they get a better understanding of each other's activity. And, you know, traditionally in other organizations, um, I'm not going to name any, but uh, you have a lot of retailer associations focusing their activity on lobbying or taking to court other parties of the ecosystem. And that's not good for dialogue. So what the Merchant Fisk Council is doing is bringing all the people around the same table. And as a matter of fact, we do have in our board some card issuers, some banks. We also have law enforcement uh, involved into all our committees. So they can witness the, the activity and the latest trends of the merchant sector. So it's pretty much, I would say, a friendly advocacy. And I've been in several meetings at our conferences where all those parties reckon that they must investigate more. They must use us as a laboratory to observe the latest trends. So it's pretty much an investigation and a solution finding exercise that we are doing with all those third parties. That's a great point. And this is probably something that I should have asked earlier, Nicholas. How large is the council? How many members do you have? That's very easy. Out of the 500 top e-commerce player in the market, because we, we focus only on large company, we do have 350. It goes uh, from the travel sector with the Expedia, Travelocity, Orbit, the physical goods sector, people uh, like Walmart, for example, the digital content download, uses the Spotify and so on. And finally, the gaming and when authorized in Europe, uh, gambling is authorized. We also incorporate those sectors. And funny enough, one would think that speaking with merchants from its uh, own sector will solve a lot of problems. But in fact, 85% of the issues we observe are cross-sector. And that's very convenient because when an airline company speaks with a gaming company, they can swap a lot of expertise and, and experience, but they are not competitors. So that they can really have an open conversation uh, and this is what has benefited most the industry over the last year, this swapping of information. I wanted to ask also, Nicholas, what role, if any, do the card brands play as well as payments processors on the council? Do you have a lot of involvement from those two arenas? Yes, we do. All of them are members of the MRC. Some of them sit in our board so they can witness the conversation we have and uh, take it forward for the development of their new product. It's not our intention to be very aggressive with card brands, 
but he has to drive them quite a lot because at the end of the day, when you have the top 350 players of the market reporting an issue, they usually react. And uh, recently, I must say that we are very satisfied because those card brands are using us as a laboratory by organizing focus group with our key member for new product developments. We know that in the past, uh, the relationship hasn't been uh, very easy, but it was mainly because of interchange fee. Uh, and we are not touching any interchange fee related matters in the merchant risk council. So, you know, all the rest should be collaboration. The second trend we observe is that traditionally, there was no relationship between card issuers and merchants. The merchants deal only with the acquiring side. And in fact, the brands are the single point of contact to have the issuers being in touch with the merchant. And this is the recent activity we are developing. There's a lot to learn. How is the council working with card issuers to address some of the payments security concerns that we see? And this could be from the card present or the card not present perspective. On the issuer side, uh, I think we lived over the past year with a lot of myths on the issuer side. So, for example, a French issuer will always reject transactions coming from Romania because you can read in the press that, you know, Romanians are committing fraud. In fact, it's a wrong decision to reject those transactions because it's true that you have some Romanian mafias, but they operate out of London or Barcelona. And actually, in Romania, you have a lot of very good consumers. And the highest fraud rate we observe in e-commerce for physical goods, for example, in Europe, is from France, not from Romania. So this kind of dialogue uh, allows us to correct the way the issuer will authorize or not a transaction. When it comes to mobile payment, you read a lot about mobile payments, but there is something that did not happen yet. It's the consumer adoption of the technology. So you will have a lot of options in the market, too much, I would say. Uh, if you take the UK, for example, I think in uh, 2012, you had something like 80 new companies dedicated to mobile payments uh, that were uh, launched. So there is a confusion both on the merchant side, but also the consumer side. What the Merchant Risk Council is uh, inviting all the players to do is first to focus on security. We must embrace the secure technology. And the second thing, we are also observing quite a lot what will the big player do? Because so far, I mean, Visa, MasterCard, uh, Amazon, and even Google haven't been completely serious about launching massively their solution, but this will happen. I do not foresee an environment where each consumer will deal with 30 or 50 mobile payment solutions. They will have one, two, three as a maximum. A consumer uh, in Europe has an average of three credit cards. I think it's seven in the US. This will be the same for mobile payment. Right now, the big issue for mobile payment is what will be the adopted technology in the future. And when I speak about adoption, I mean by the consumer, of course. That's a great point. And of course, as you noted, bringing in some of these different entities and these different environments to talk about the security issues as well. Of course, right now, it's not so much of an issue because consumer adoption has not really reached a tipping point. But I'm wondering, when it comes to security, what other organizations is the Merchant Risk Council working with? Are you working with the Payment Card Industry Security Standards Council, for instance, or what about the Smart Card Alliance? The PCI uh, Council is, is speaking at all our conference. We speak on a monthly basis. So yes, there is a big exchange of information. We also support a lot their work 
you could hear a lot of complaints about PCI being a pain and, and so on, but it's really necessary. I mean, of course, I cannot name any company. A lot of data breaches happening, and those companies would have been PCI compliant. Uh, this wouldn't have happened. So when it comes to big merchants, 100% are PCI compliant. I mean, uh, there is still a little bit of work to do for the third-party providers of those companies, but they are all compliant. I think the issue in the future will be for smaller companies, where indeed for uh, an SME, it's very hard to be PCI compliant. So in that case, they have to choose providers that are PCI compliant. I would say we relay the message of the PCI uh, Council, and also we are very keen in uh, investigating uh, their activity like they do right now with third-party supplier compliance, for example. And then before we close, I know that we've talked quite a bit about merchant concerns overall, but of course the council is more focused on e-commerce. What would you say are the council's top three to five global security initiatives for e-commerce in 2013? That's a very interesting question because, uh, as you know, the future is not clear uh, when it comes to security, fraud, and also payment. So we have three main say, focus for the next commitments. First, because of the crisis, a lot of merchants are asked by their CEO to go abroad very quickly and expand their business. So I, I would say, for example, I met uh, yesterday a lot of the key players in the US who do not have activity yet in Europe, and they are asked to expand to Europe very quickly to raise their sales. But this is not an easy task when it comes to payment or fraud hassle. For example, in the US, you have a lot of data to rely on. As you know, in Europe, data is always an issue. The, there is a lack of availability of data. And also, it's a very payment diverse environment. Every country will have their own national schemes. So the first pillar of our activities is trying to explain better what are the specific when you have to move to a cross-border activity? The second thing, as I said earlier, is that we know that data breaches happen and uh, it's difficult to prevent them. So we want our merchants to be really ready in case it happens and to spot it and detect it in the next half an hour after it happens in order to react and protect their consumers. And finally, we do work more and more with law enforcement. They do have to deal with a lot of queries, of investigation, and so on, but sometimes they are under-resourced. So the solution to that is for them to be able to do the link between all the fraud cases and to detect what are the top 10 mafias acting on the market. And this is where we are supporting them every day. By uh, helping them to understand better the environment and providing them some data for their investigation, I'm sure we can improve drastically the environment we deal with. Nicholas, I want to thank you again for your time today. Thank you very much, Tracy. That was great. Again, we've just heard from Nicholas Fedrine of the Merchant Risk Council. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tracy Kitten.